Doug and Marty versus the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. I don't know, man. Whenever my gas tank exceeds my credit limit, I feel like I have a problem. This is Doug Bassler. <laughs> this is Marty McClendon. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. And we are so grateful that you took the time to tune in to Doug and Marty versus the world all across the ACN network. And to Doug's point, I'm sure we're all feeling the crunch. It's not just me, bro. I have heard it from several people that they're, that the amount that the card will do shuts off before the tank is full. So I'm just saying, brother, I noticed we need to do something about this energy situation. They used to cap your debit cards at the gas station up to a hundred bucks. Mine's not capped anymore. So I'm assuming many other cards, banks are going, well, gas prices are higher. We'll, we'll cap it at 200, whatever. Um, It is amazing how much I heard somebody say yesterday at a picnic I was at, I never thought I'd think 499 was low. (laughs) I said, I said out loud, I refuse to celebrate 499 because it came down from like 560, right? Exactly right. right. So- <laughs> Remember during the Obama years, it was four, four and a quarter, whatever it is. And and when it got down to 350, people were like, see, it's lower. No, no. It's still a dollar fifty a gallon more than it should be, you know, but they condition you, right? So even right now, dropping from the highs down just a little bit. Oh, it's better. It's better than what? <laughs> It's still a huge increase. In well, our Joe line. Biden's fist bumping with Saudi princes, brother, so we can import more imported pe- uh, fuel and oil, whatever, from people who hate our guts. He's begging them for more, and the whole idea. And he's trying. To, actually, this is funny. I'll, I'll cite here: Joe Biden actually said something positive about Donald Trump. Do you see that? He actually said the Abraham Accords are a good thing, and he wants to uh, honor them and advance them. So that's something Trump did. Four Middle East agreements with uh, Israel, the Abraham Accords, and Biden had no way out of trying to reverse those, So, which is good. But he's over there asking them for more oil production, and they've already told him over the last, what was the summit over in Europe about a month ago, that they're capped out. They can't increase production. And so he needs to increase production here. When you look at the consumer price index, it just came out this week, brother, 9.1% uh, inflation. And we're paying, you know, that's up this month you know, for the year. For the 12 months, it's been up 9.1%. That's overall, all goods and services. Gas is up dramatically, We, as we know, right? Uh, home heating oil is up. Uh, food is up through the roof as well. And much of this is manufactured through policy and executive decision, which is has got to stop. Yeah, but but the good news is, Marty, that wages are down like 14%. So, you know, at least something's going, oh, wait. Well, Never mind. Wait, yes. I, I got my oh, I got my math wrong, brother. You did. Yeah, yes. that, that's the thing that's weird. It's, you know, during I and some of most of our listeners, some of our listeners will probably remember the the Carter era, right? The mm-hmm. inflation was up, but wages were up too, right? So it was kind of like at least wages were keeping pace. With inflation, but when you have a couple of million people coming over the border competing for jobs, uh huh, guess what that uh-huh. does to wages, brother? It brings the wages down. Yeah, right. You have, once again, supply and demand. You have much more supply 
less demand, right? Drives wages down. Limited supply of, of goods and services drives prices up, right? Huge demand. So you're right though. Wages are down. Inflation's up 9.1%. And that's the cook number, right? Yes, the cook number is the inflation's really more like double. Or yeah. Um, and but this is from the Department of Labor that came out and said that the jobless claims are the highest point in eight months. So triple factor, inflation, huge. Um, wages are down and people that, that are unemployed are at the highest rate in eight months. So um, not good. And then of course the Biden administration comes out and says, we have a strong economy. We're doing great. I mean, I want to know what they're smoking. I mean, unless this is intentional, but I, I, before we go, I know we have a guest today as well. And I'm talking about local elections and, and um, how important the next two weeks are for our state. Did you see, while the uh, commander in chief, the president of the United States, the the the, the puppet that he is, uh, is over in Saudi Arabia. Who was in the White House, brother? Did you see that? There, there. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, was touring the White House while Biden was over in Saudi Arabia, and they were asking the question: Was he measuring the drapes? And measuring, you know, the windows for grapes for, for moving in. Because the Democrats don't like Biden either, you know. So the numbers are way down for him. But Newsom is, is going to be the new darling for the Democrats. Uh, but the fact is, it reminded me that time that a certain Congress, future congressman named Doug Bassler went and sat in Adam um, Smith's chair in D.C. I think, you know, that's what Gavin Newsom's doing. He's kind of sitting in the president's chair, kind of fitting things out and I know he's not going to fill it because well, we I hope have- we can uh, come up with the necessary um, solutions. I'm going to use mm-hmm. that word uh, to never have another Democrat president again. And that's probably part of what we're going to be talking about with our guest uh, as we come into that. So um, there is a, there is a lot of momentum. The, the ballots are out brother. They're mm-hmm. out. So uh, I didn't get mine yet, but I'll probably get it today. And um, I'm assuming that I'm still first on the congressional ballot here in King County in the ninth. But um, I had first position. Did you see that? Uh, That's pretty good, buddy. Did you see that image I sent you last I week did. when I was at King County? <laughs> they have a sample ballot hanging at, at different spots as you kind of tour around there. And I, I look at it, I guess that's Marty McClendon on here and Cyrus Abib. So that was hilarious, brother. That's, like, 2016 oh, that's election. obviously the 2016 ballot. <laughs> um, but wow. uh, that was a, that was a blast from the past brother. Anyway, let's go ahead and introduce our guests. Uh, Tambourine Borelli is with us. She is the uh, uh, major person in we see you W E I C U organization, a we see you for short, uh, Washington Election Integrity Integrity Coalition United, and she's the the lady that uh, has uh, filed I think eight lawsuits, eight different counties, plus a writ of mandamus, which is another kind of lawsuit against Jay Inslee to uh, compel him to tell the D- Department of Licensing to stop uh, registering uh, non citizens. Mm-hmm. And um, and then she was actually slapped with a monetary penalty on that writ of mandamus totaling almost $30,000. So again, you're not only are you not allowed to question it, we will punish you mm-hmm. for questioning election integrity. Tambourine Borelli is also an America first Republican candidate for secretary of state. And she got endorsed 
by the congressional candidate in the ninth district, Doug Bassler. So somebody thinks she's great. And uh, Tambourine, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Marty. Always th- glad to be with both of you here. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Tampering. We appreciate you running for office, of course, and what you're doing with WCU. I think it's funny, though. Uh, our listeners know by now that Doug likes fighters. You know, so you become public enemy number two, I'm, I'm assuming, next to Tim Iman, right, when it comes to pushing back against the state government, uh, pushing for what all of us want, some kind of transparency so we actually know that our ballots are counted, that there isn't some kind of funny business going on. That seems to be, it should be accepted and embraced, if you will, by Democrats, Republicans, independents, but it's not. So I appreciate that fact that you're standing up regardless of that. So thank you for being (laughs) here. Thank you, Marty. I appreciate (laughs) that. You know, I have to say, uh, I think I may have bumped Tim Iman off that uh, number one pedestal since I'm going after the jugular of the mechanism that allows election fraud. <laughs> They've named me literally the most dangerous person in Washington state. There that's, you go. That's, that's the rumor going around. <laughs> well, yeah, Doug always said, he's a market gen- marketing genius, right? So he always said that all press is good press. So there you go, you're getting press. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, when Doug mentioned the, the writ of mandamus that we filed in the Supreme Court, when A.G. Ferguson tweeted, and then the governor uh, retweeted, that organizations like We See You need to be held, quote, accountable for threatening our way of life and uh, and, <laughs> and democracy. <laughs> you know, uh, they definitely are trying to make us an example. You You didn't read the Democrats' Uh, dictionary uh, entry on democracy. And mm-hmm. that uh, actually, I think I have it here. It's democracy, uh, a noun, anything that advances democratic power. <laughs> so wow. there, you, there you go. Uh, see, that's good, Doug. I was going to go with the whole Princess Bride movie where they always said, I'm not sure you know what that word actually means. I'm not sure that <laughs> word means what you think it does. Think it means, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I keep using this word. <laughs> oh my gosh. We'll have to get that quote and load it into our, our sample machine that you have. And you know, that would be sure good. That word means what you think it does. Uh, inconceivable. Well, he would say inconceivable. Right. Remember that? And yep. he would use it in every situation. Inconceivable. <laughs> well, well uh, do yeah. we have tambourine? I, I, let's, before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of election integrity and kind of the problems that you've been digging up, just tell your story a little bit. Now, when we met, you were kind of uh, had not really been involved in politics that long. You started out thinking that uh, a certain political guy was cool because you saw him as an outsider. Tell us, tell us your story. Yeah. So I never actually engaged in politics at all before 2016, uh, because I always felt that it was just kind of a circus, right? I would always see politicians really on both sides, every election cycle, making the same kind of promises. And I just, you know, I really just wasn't into it. Um, I didn't have too much faith in it. And so because of that and not engaging or researching or educating myself on any policies, uh, when I finally did, uh, I was attracted to Bernie Sanders. 
he seemed like an establishment politician. So he was speaking against uh, the same people that I knew to be corrupt. So I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe this guy, you know, knows a little something. And I threw myself all the way in. Uh, I became a national Bernie delegate. I ran for state Senate. However, the Democratic Party itself, the establishment hated me. I definitely uh, had no love for them at all. Because uh, they knew that I was a rabble rouser. I was there to shake things up. And uh, they really wanted no part of me. I ran for state Senate. They definitely did not support my campaign. And at uh, the convention, as a delegate, I was recruited by Election Justice USA. That's where my election integrity uh, journey began. They, because I was a delegate, asked uh, to help them get to Bernie a hundred page statistical analysis showing that his primary was stolen by Clinton. So of course I was excited to be a part of that. He ignored the report, obviously. He probably already knew. At this point in time, I feel like he probably was in on it from the beginning to be a sheep herder for people like me, right? To kind of just sheep herd them to the Democratic Party. He asked us to support Clinton, gave 200 million of his war chest to the DNC, the very establishment he campaigned against. So I just was like, okay, <laughs> I, I see you, I get it. I was very happy when Trump won in 2016. I think I laughed for about a half hour with joy. And then, you know, my journey to the right began. It was an evolution, it wasn't overnight. In 2018, I ran for Congress. Uh, took on the Second Amendment to my platform, civil liberties, still had a couple uh, progressive issues like Medicare for all. And then uh, by 2020, I was completely red-pilled, totally understood uh, the consequences of progressive policies and completely got the fact that I wasn't progressive at all <laughs> once I understood everything that I actually was a conservative. So, you now know, you were you and I were talking earlier today and you said that you ran through this or your mom ran through this exercise with your dad. Oh yeah. Like, do you believe in abortion on demand at any thing? And he's like, no. Yeah. Do you believe that? What, what to, to run through that again? Cause that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So, you know, my dad watches the news all the time and you know, it's, it's very programming. So it has people believe that they, they are a part of a particular demographic when really their core values aren't really in alignment with it once you specifically get down to the bottom of it. So she asked him, well, Al, you know, do you believe in late-term abortion? He was like, no, no, absolutely not. Well, you know, do you believe in open borders? Do you believe that, you know, anyone should can just come over the border? Absolutely not. And she just went down the line and she was like, well, Al, you're a conservative. You know, and it's the truth. You know, my dad uh, built his business from nothing. He came over here on a Greyhound bus from Pittsburgh at 15, put himself through school and built a very successful uh, line of businesses in Los Angeles. So he is the American dream story, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think a lot of people would find they, they might be conservative when they think that there's something else. <laughs> Isn't that a really good example of it too? Because many people out there that even vote Democrat or vote to the to the left um, don't know. They just assume, like you said, they grew up in a family that was Democrats. We're always Democrats. I've heard this many times on the campaign trail. Um, our whole family's Democrat. Well, why? 
But if you get down to the issues, what do you believe in? Are these taxes hurting you? You know, do you believe in, in late-term abortion? Do you believe in uh, individual responsibility and free will? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, then you're not a Democrat. You're not a liberal. You're not a progressive. You're a conservative. And, it, and it, it's kind of mind-blowing and eye-opening as well, but they don't think about it. Oftentimes, That's they fair. do things by rote. And part of our job is to get the information out there and say, ask yourself these questions. It's really good. And, and I think that, you know, one of the things that is remarkable about, about, about Tambourine's story is that she did see that there was problems with election fraud in mm-hmm. 2016 with the whole, you know, the fact that she, you know, it's in a way it's kind of like the Lord let her go be a Bernie delegate and do all these things and learn about this stuff. And then, um, and then she started to, to experience the uniparty, right? So, because we yeah. know people, there's rhinos that are in, involved in this, and there's Dems, and and so there's kind of like this agreement thing. Like in the Secretary of State race, I actually heard uh, one of the other candidates get up and say, and he's a kind of a known rhino guy. And he said, they violated our agreement. We're supposed to have a Republican secretary of state and Jay Inslee appointed a Democrat. I'm like, we have an agreement. I still can't believe that that he actually said that. I've got to find that that, uh, recording because I've always thought that it was a negotiation, right? Because how else could Kim Wyman have been the only Republican to survive every election for a decade in all of the Pacific Northwest? And you would think, oh, yes, some people that are loyal and she's popular. But no, it was always in King County where every single Democrat, about 10 percent difference from every other Republican candidate, would go down the line, Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. Oh, Kim Wyman, Democrat, 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 but only there to switch the election. To your point, it's like, what are the what are the statistical odds? It's like winning the lottery. It's built into the machine language. (laughs) Uh, So let's (laughs) let's move on, shall we? Tell the truth and shame the devil, Doug Bassler. (laughs) uh, So I, it's you know, so I got involved with Tambourine back in 2018 because uh, I found her actually the literally the thing that got me was I found her vote totals to be entirely too low for the amount of money and the amount of marketing that we had done, it just didn't add up. I've, mm-hmm. I've done too many marketing campaigns. I've done too many political campaigns and I've seen too much to say, no, there's no way you can be 4.5% after doing what we did marketing wise. It should have been at least 10 or 12 or something like that. Right. Just be based on uh, my, my experience in marketing. And so I like, what do you think? And she's like, this thing's dirty. <laughs> like, well, what, what do we, so we all went down and did these uh, recounts and then Pierce County comes back and they want 30 grand to recount five precincts. And we're like, okay, what are you hiding? And so that's when we did our first lawsuit together, Tambourine and I, and there was four Republicans and four on the other side. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I started to, you know, and Tambourine kept telling me, well, I think I'm more on your side than, than you think. I'm Second Amendment and I'm into personal freedom and all this stuff. And, and then uh, eventually she's like, you know what? I love Trump. <laughs> I think I'm on the right now. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. Uh, but it was um, this, this something's wrong. And, you know, mm-hmm. we had in 2004, uh, Dino Rossi elected governor two times before he was not elected governor on the third recount and King County had found a box of ballots under a couch somewhere or something Mm -hmm. like that, which is their normal trick, right? Right. 
So we just add more ballots until we, yeah, Yeah. we just add more ballots till we win. And, um, and this is a problem with what we call chain of custody. Tell us about chain of custody, Tambourine. Yeah. So two things uh, I want to address as far as the finding the ballots, right. And how they do that. But first I'll, I'll speak to chain of custody in a court of law. When, evidence loses chain of custody, the court is compelled to throw it out. It's not admissible, right? So if people just stopped for a moment and just kind of just let that sink in, if a court throws out evidence for losing chain of custody, meaning at every moment, the evidence is under the supervision of some official. It is Uh, When it changes hands, it's documented. Uh, When it changes locations, it's documented. At all times, people know, officials know where it is. Not so with our ballot. From the time that we pop it in the mail, right? It's a Hail Mary that it gets to where it's going, first of all. And then Lord knows, uh, you know, because listen, it's 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 a real deal. There's people uh, who have interest in manipulating elections, and those that call it a conspiracy theory. Here is another uh, just common sense question to ask yourself: When in history have powerful people not conspired to stay in power? Mm-hmm. It's just a rudimentary understanding. So when our ballot lacks chain of custody, um, our sacred vote should never be treated with less respect than evidence in a courtroom. We should not have to trust them. We should know. So uh, then just quickly about where do these ballots come from? How do they, you know, how did Dino Rossi win twice and then lose? Because they found they kept finding these ballots right? It's because of the dirty voter roll situation. And another thing that um, Kim Wyman blessed us with, and I say that sarcastically, is ERIC, Electronic Registration Information Center. It is a third-party nonprofit that she is a founding member of. It is now in 30 states. We were one of the first five states. It is supposed to document all of the data of those who are not registered. And then the agreement with the auditors is they are to register up to 90% of the people who are not registered. They have an immense database. They know exactly who hasn't been registered, who is registered and does not vote, who is a non-citizen, who has moved out of state, like Marty, you just moved, right? Yep. They mm-hmm. know that you've moved, right? And so we have affidavits from people, circumstances from uh, someone's uh, child that is incarcerated, they still get his ballot. Uh, people who have had ex-spouses uh, 20 years ago, they still get her ballot. Uh, and the list goes on. So that's telling us, well, these roles are dirty despite what they tell us. And there's only one reason to keep dirty voter rolls, and that is anyone with a name and birth date could go on to vote law mm-hmm. and print someone's ballot. So all of these non-qualified people on the voter rolls 
are just free for all. They're like, uh, it's like money laundering. It's there for anyone that has access and understands how to work it to print these ballots and use them at will. So it shouldn't be. I have three things I want to recap a little bit that really struck out to me. One, uh, Doug mentioned it, you mentioned it as well, that both there's Democrats and Republicans that see this as a real threat to our republic, if you will. That's right. And there's been, there's the push on the the left, if you will, the Bernie supporters understand that the election integrity is a big deal on the right as well. And it seems to be a lot much on both parties in the middle want to fight against this. Number yeah. two, the whole mail-in ballot, people will think, well, we're always told the story about, oh, it's not enough to sway the election. And yet we saw, even on mainstream news in the Seattle area, this last election where they found literally hundreds of ballots tossed in a ditch. you know, And so you're like, well, hundreds of ballots. What does that make a difference? Most of the close races, state legislature, state senate, are decided by a handful, 20 or 30. A couple of hundred sways a race. And that's just one example of what we're talking about, about chain of custody. And the last thing that I want to bring to everybody's attention to re- recap, something I did not know. This is something you kind of covered. You kind of glossed over it a little bit. But this ERIC thing, this electronic system that collects the data on who's voted, who hasn't voted, and whatever, that our former Secretary of State, a current employee of the Biden administration, has ownership in this. Isn't that a conflict of interest for someone who's supposed to be the arbiter, the non-biased supervisor over elections, having a financial investment in something that actually does this? That seems like it should be a big deal. 100% it should be. And, you know, Marty, moreover, most people don't know that there is an RCW that literally gives the Secretary of State statutory power to take all data from state agencies and cross-reference it with the voter database to clean the rolls. It could be done overnight. And so then the question really should be, why hasn't this been done? Because in the RCW, it doesn't say shall, meaning it does not compel the Secretary of State to do it. It says may, mm-hmm. but the power's there to do it. So why hasn't it been done, um, right? You can only say, well, there mm-hmm. must be some benefit to not doing it. And then that just leads you, you know, to the punctuation of the whole thing. So I have, this is not a negative comment. Uh, obviously, we want it done. I want it done. I want to, I want our rules to be clean. I want. I don't want people voting that shouldn't be voting. I want everybody that can be voting to vote. Um, let's say that you're victorious. Let's say that you are. Um, yeah, I think you have to run again if you win this time. It's the way the four-year elections work in two years. Um, and you have Bob Ferguson still sitting there, and and Jay Inslee sitting there. Uh, do you foresee a state situation where the state sues the state not to do your job? I don't put anything past them, yeah. uh, but you know I've never backed down from a fight, and I would give it everything I had uh, personally, and also uh, would do everything in my power, uh, what's written in the Constitution and legally, to go head to head with them. Perfect. All right. Awesome. 
yeah. which is one of the reasons why I really like tambourine. So I did a little math, a little number crunching, and um, there's a $59 billion budget here in Washington State by annual. And if you take the 4 million registered voters in Washington State, who knows how many of those are legit, um, and you divide that by the budget, that means your ballot in Washington State is worth $14,700. Now, if you take the federal $4 trillion budget and you divide that by the about 200 million registered voters nationwide that means your federal ballot is worth about twenty thousand dollars not including the money they print and borrow but the actual four trillion dollar budget so combine those two numbers and your ballot this november or actually this august 2nd is worth $34,700. That's what your ballot is uh, making its voice heard on. Now, Marty, if you had $34,700 in cash, would you send that through the mail, brother? Uh, no, uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what they're saying. Oh, it's so convenient. Send your $34,700 through the mail. Well, tambourine, this- I, I, I could write that down if you want to, if you have take a note, Use that. tambourine. <laughs> Most people wouldn't put 20 bucks in the mail. Right. Um, grandma might. And back grandma the day, might. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I'll put this in a different format. Because in 2010, the first time I ran for office, it seemed like a um, long, long time ago. The biannual budget for Washington State was 30 billion dollars we're at 60 billion we've doubled in 12 years that's a that's all seriously outpacing any kind of um sort of cost of living increases if you ask me that's that's the growth of government under a democrat majority i'm just saying right now double in 12 years from washington state and it's going to go even higher because, because they cannot or do not um there's not a tax they don't like um, so th- once again, another reason why these elections are so important to send a very clear message, but back to tambourine, this is one of those offices that oftentimes, unless you're thinking about elections is overlooked. This office does a lot more than that. All our business licensing, all our corporations, uh, all our that time department. Yeah. Yeah. So it's amazing what this is, um, covers, but you're right. If we don't get the election part, right. Um, then it doesn't really matter what the rest of it happens. So uh, I'm glad you're running again. Uh, and I'm glad you're bringing to our attention these issues that exist right now. Yeah. Thank you, Marty. hundred percent. Because in the preamble of, you know, everything you guys were saying that was so depressing of just the state of our country right now of our world. And I just kept thinking to myself, you know, all of these things come up under the umbrella of election integrity or the lack thereof. So because of that, no matter what issue is your issue, right? Some people it's, it's the gas. Some people it's uh, the fact that parents don't have uh, autonomy over their children. I mean, everyone has what hits home for them. But I say this to you, no matter who you are and, and what you're struggling with uh, of, of the of the things today that plague us all is this race, this secretary of state race in this primary is probably the most important one 
because I will say this outside of myself, I am the only one that will follow through and fix what's broken with our election system. I will make sure that our elections are transparent, secure, and publicly verified because it's the only reason why I'm running, being an election integrity investigator, right? It's, it's the only reason. So just wanted to make that very clear, right? So people understand the gravity of the situation. Yeah, and also, Doug and I have really harped on or harped to our listeners for a while how important the primary is. With our top two, the jungle primary, it's it's basically the top two vote getters. And in many of these elections, like this is so very important that the people that show up in the primary, which is typically a half or a quarter of what typically shows up in the general, decide what everybody else gets to decide before between in the general. And so showing up now is super important, especially if you want to support tambourine. But this secretary of state, now I don't I don't have the voters pamphlet in front of me, but I do know that you've got a couple of Republican challengers that are running for this position. You've got the appointed uh, Steve Hobbs that you know was a payback by the governor for stepping out of the lieutenant governor race in 2020. So we we know the Democrat playbook, but we also have this independent who's a Democrat. Uh, the uh, Pierce County auditor running for secretary of state. That's a lot of people. When That's I've Julie been in- Anderson. And she's the one that wanted 30 grand to count five precincts. So we know she's into uh, yes. transparency. She's well, also- and, and wait, if I can add, yeah. she is a current defendant in one of our eight lawsuits based on lack of transparency. We had to sue her to see de-identified ballots, meaning ballots that don't have any one connection to any voter and they say that it's uh, to protect the, the, the voter's secrecy. That's a lie in and of itself. So right there, that tells mm-hmm. you who this person is. I, I will say one more thing, not to pile on the Julie, but from personal experience. Um, oh, go ahead. As, pile on, brother. Pile, pile on, pile on Marty. Say, <laughs> it is um, obviously putting the picture here. Um, she ran for two terms as the Pierce County Auditor. It term limited out. She lobbied the Pierce County Council to remove the voter's right to elect the next auditor and make it an appointed position by the council. And so she wanted to do away with elections once her term is up. And when they narrowly defeated that, then she's running for the secretary of state. So this is not someone who wants transparency. It's not someone who wants um, your voter integrity. This is someone who wants to uh, move the system to fit her needs. Have you ever heard wow. of, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Mary Shelley? Uh, she wrote this book called Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie Anderson is Kim Wyman's monster. And so well, uh, for, for our listeners, it's alive. It's for our listeners alive. this is not an easy choice, but that is clearly a Democrat. So you have Steve Hobbs, you have Julie Anderson on one side and you have the three Republicans. Clearly they're different things. Don't be fooled by allowing two Democrats to go forward. Don't do that. And uh, if I may, because it's yeah. important, right? From an election integrity standpoint, which is the only uh, most, I mean, it's the most important issue for this office. Uh, I have to just tell the people who's running on the right. Mm-hmm. Keith Wagner, uh, the party put forth in the beginning. Keith Wagner is a, a current senator. 
what concerns me is that uh, he voted to change our constitution and voted yes on SJB 8200, which allowed Inslee his extended emergency powers for one. And he also shares the narrative with the left on our election system saying he would not change mail-in voting because it's so quote, convenient and accessible, right? That's a problem. Uh, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, then there's Bob Haglund, a really nice guy. I like him, we are friendly with each other and I would hire him uh, for the IT department. Doesn't have, I believe, the understanding of the fight, right? And is not for getting rid of the machines. Uh, lastly, at the last minute before filing, uh, I believe I'm told that Mark Melosha was asked to run and unfortunately, this is a losing strategy. Uh, he is, I believe, on the board of the mainstream Republicans and rumor has it they asked him to run. The problem is it's chopping up the vote. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that's that's a losing strategy. So, uh, you know, it's important to understand uh, the playing field, who's running and for what reason. Anyone that talks election integrity but is not telling you the solution to election fraud is getting rid of mail-in voting, getting rid of, rid of the hackable machines, and going back to in-person with ID, hand-counted paper ballots on election night with full citizen oversight and an unbroken chain of custody. That is the solution. Nothing else is going to make it go away, right? That's the election integrity gold standard. And, uh, I, and I love, this love chain this. Of, yeah, good. the chain of custody thing. See, if you have, if you're counting these at the precinct level, which is where we used to do it, and um, and even in the 1860 presidential election, they had the results that night because they counted them hand ballots at the precinct level. Everybody reported it. System was telegraph and telepony uh, at the time, but uh, everybody knew that night who won the presidential election, right? Mm -hmm. So we we this idea that, Oh, we can't count so many votes and stuff like that. You know, precincts are what 200. Oh, well, some are even less than that to maybe eight, 900 votes. Right. I think mm -hmm. anybody can count that with a fifth grade, it may be a third grade education. And then you would have that precinct would have its initial results and the number of ballots. So you couldn't add any more ballots later, right. In, in, in recounts and things like that. So that's that's one of the big problems, right? With the Dino Rossi thing was they kept adding more. Oh, look, we found another box yeah. of ballots, you know, over here. Like, oh, well, we we want these people's votes to count because we want Christine Gregoire to be governor. And um, so we have, um, you know, that, that's one of the things that I really like about Tambourine Borelli and was an early endorser of hers is because she understands that stuff. Mm -hmm. And um you know, and I love Mark Melosha. Mark Melosha is mm -hmm. a good friend of mine Great forever. Guy. Yep. But when when he called me, he wasn't all that in it. You know, he was like, I'm going to run for Secretary of State. I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I love you, brother. And what do you think about election integrity? And it wasn't that big of a deal. But all of a sudden he gets into the race and now it is a big deal, which I, you know, I respect yep. the guy because he's recognizing that that's what this race is about. Mm -hmm. But I think we need somebody with experience. And, and so, um, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, still standing with her now. Tambourine, let's talk about this um, this voter roll thing again. There has been some uh, research done on the number of P 
people who are non-citizens on the voter rolls. What can you tell us about that? How many non-citizens are known or estimated to be on the voter rolls? Well, uh, that is part of the evidence that we submitted with our writ of mandamus. We cross-referenced public records requests from courts, superior courts, of who was exempt from jury duty based on citizen status. So that is public information, verifiable. We didn't make it up. We cross-referenced that with 80 million voter registration um, database uh, information. And we got, I'd say about 10 counties we looked at. And we'll just take King, since that's in your backyard, Doug. King County has 34,000 non-citizens registered to vote. Now, this was from, I believe, uh, 2018 to 2020, I believe. And in the two counties where we actually got names, we found that there was about 5% of the registered non-citizens that had a ballot accepted in their name. So... If you were to even, I mean, be conservative, take that down to 2% of 34,000, I mean, talk about what can swing an election, right? Um, But that was called baseless, that was called frivolous, and then plastered over the front page of Seattle Times, Newsweek, Reuters, MSN, that we filed a baseless and frivolous a suit, and then everyone believes that, but it's not the truth. We have the data to back it up. So, um, thirty-four thousand knots, and we know that it's it's policy. I think Glenn Morgan even did a uh, one of his We the Govern videos on this. It's policy for the DOL to automatically register everybody that's coming in for ID or driver's license, right? Yes, yes, it is. That was the. Um, the complaint to the governor in his capacity, right, as the chief executive over the state agency, you have to tell them to stop violating Article 6, Section 1 of our state constitution based on qualifications of a voter. But uh, he didn't see it that way. So the um, now that it's it's a crime to to actually vote especially in a specifically in uh, especially in a federal election but here in washington state is also against our constitution for non-citizens to vote correct that's correct and let me just uh put a caveat there i and we see you don't necessarily believe that it's non-citizens doing this it probably happens here and there but we believe they are being exploited because uh, they know this is a demographic that you know is trying to stay under the radar they're not going to try to you know do something that's a class c felony and then jeopardize if they're trying to become a citizen we believe they're using this demographic to easily print ballots that no one's going to follow up on and so basically if if someone is uh convicted of voting in an election as a non-citizen, they could jeopardize the, the, their citizenship. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I believe someone asked Kim Wyman, has there ever been uh, someone prosecuted for casting uh, an illegal ballot? And the answer was no. Why do you think that is? Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So because they're going to probably get in court and say, I didn't do it. 
Correct. Right? I didn't. That's right. It wasn't me. And that's, and that's right. what's happening. So we're ha so. OK, so we're, let's just draw. Let's complete the circle here. They're registering illegal immigrants, illegal immigrants for the most part or not. Let's just say non-citizens, not just illegal immigrants, because it could be immigrants, you know, that are here on an in in one or whatever. So. Um, but non-citizens are being registered to vote, realizing and knowing that they cannot vote, but other people have access to De Eric or whatever, and they know non-citizens have it. They they got their birth date. They print their ballot. They vote for them, and this is one of the ways that they cheat. Yes. Okay. Just just closing the circle yes. here. You're Bring listening to Doug, you're listening <laughs> to Doug and Marty versus the world on the ACN network. Our guest today is Tambourine Borelli. She is uh, the head of WCU uh, as well as a candidate for secretary of state. And uh, this is, uh, you know, what, what a way to spend your Saturday. Um, if we, if, if, <laughs> you know, these ballots are out we yes, probably yep. should, we should probably fill them out right away and mail them right in. Right, Tambourine? No, no, and no. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. How should we treat our sacred ballot, Ms. Burley? So, uh, early voting is one of the ways that gives them the data to know who's voting, how many they need to print out if they need to print out. So, uh, we are advising people to hold on to your ballot and wait until election day. And if you are able, no, it might not be convenient, <laughs> right? But that's how we're losing our country because we've been programmed to think that convenience and accessibility uh, are more important than uh, our vote. So walk it in. If you can walk it into the auditor's office on election day, if you know you are not able, then at the very uh, least drop it in a drop box. But the most important thing about holding the ballot and waiting uh, till election day is the fact that you have to check your vote law registration before you vote because it happens more times than you think that your ballot, you might find that your ballot was voted already. Mm -hmm. If that happens, you take it down to the auditor, your unopened ballot, you have it uh, recorded, have someone videotape you on your phone and tell, tell the auditor or the official there, look, if you check my registration, it says I voted clearly. Here is my ballot. It is not opened. It's registered to me, the qualified elector. And then you get their response on tape. Lastly, you have to make a police report. You call the sheriff and make a report. And then you can let us know as well. We'll be collecting all of this type of uh, shenanigans uh, for uh, <laughs> action that we will do on the other end of this. And that brings me to dropboxwatch.com. This is a citizen-led by volunteers, a scheduling service, right? It's not um, an organization putting it on or anything. It's just a service to help citizens that want to be a part of the chain of custody as best as they can. People can go on dropboxwatch.com. It's going live, I believe, by tomorrow, but you can 
uh, pre-register and sign a waiver. We give you uh, recommendations, or I'll say the site gives you recommendations of best practices, not wearing any political gear or anything. It's just to observe and to document any suspicious activity. So you can do that there at dropboxwatch.com. Mm-hmm. So um, let me just say, I went to uh, King County elections uh, because I misplaced my ballot. And this was last year. <clears throat> they printed me a new ballot. They printed me one. All I had to do was give my name and my birth date. I didn't need it to show any ID. I said, can I get my wife's ballot too? They said, well, now you need to show ID because we need to know that you live at that same address. And then they printed one for her. But they would not accept my, I couldn't vote my ballot and give it to them. I had to vote my ballot and put it in the drop box out in front of the King County election office. Isn't that weird? Yes. <laughs> so uh, I know that. Mm, yes. Now that one does have a camera on it because there's four cameras there. So we could probably pull that one. But they're, they're, King County is resisting and and declaring that they will not put cameras on drop boxes because they don't need it because signature verifications in place. Yeah, the, the signatures are supposed to be the stop gap, but let me tell you, I can give you plenty of examples. The whole thing is just a, a quagmire fest. I mean, I've had friends who have been voting since they were 18 and uh, they're both there and their husband's ballots being rejected, saying the signature didn't match. Same signature since they were 18. And um, that's a problem mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, now they've just put something through recently uh, that allows some other individual to to attest, oh, that's that's the right signature. It's just there's no I mean, it's just it's beyond belief just how loose the whole um, signature thing has gotten. And now we can't even inspect signatures. Uh, A bill went through in March. We cannot even uh, go in and inspect uh, signatures, compare signatures. So they are, you know, as steadily as we're trying to mark off ways that they can cheat, believe me, they are going for it. They're trying to make sure uh, you know, that, that they are able to do Friend. what they want. In close elections, what the both parties do is they call a signature affidavit. Those um, ballots that were rejected based on the signature not matching, they have to physically go with the volunteer to the house, have that voter sign a new form, and then turn it in. My 2018 election, being up 222 votes a week after, was decided by 104 votes through signature verification basically the new signature replaced the former signature uh, and there's no way of proving that there's it's the system has some serious holes i want to circle back before the end of the show this is really really important it's also happened to me doug in 2020 remember in 2016 we had 11 candidates i knew that how much i had to get in the primary ballot to win i was the only one conservative right we had four republicans and we had three democrats I knew I had to get 25%. I did. I won the primary because 25% voted for me in the primary. In 2020, um, there, there was a certain person, Dick Murray, was invited to run in the race, adding one additional Republican, a fifth Republican, if you will, and the Democrats got one Democrat to step down, Steve Hobbs. Swaying, right, the numbers, when you break it down, 
we're looking at this for tambourines race. I'm t- the secretary of state race. You have two Democrats. Let's say the state is 50-50. You have 50% Democrat, 50% Republican. That's not the case, but let's say it is. The two Democrats split 50% That's 25% each. You have four Republicans splitting 50%. Tambourine's got to get at least 26% to make it in the top two based on that math. That's why it's so important for us to be aware of how important the primary is. That even though um, Mark's a great guy, getting in at the last moment sways the numbers in the Democrats' favor. If we don't want two Democrats going to the general election, we've got to consolidate forces. Bob's a great guy as well. Keith's a great guy. But if you want to get behind Tambourine, you got to tell your neighbors to vote for Tambourine because we're up against the, the, the percentages. You just have too many Republicans. Doug? Well said, Marty. And uh, I've had a lot of um, uh, well-meaning you know, people that, that, that went out and just checked things out or they heard, heard the candidates speak, come back and tell me, you're right. Tambourine's the one she's, she's the only one with the, the experience and the tenacity, uh, the backbone, uh, to, to actually go in there and fight. And, um, you know, and there's going to be another secretary of state's race, uh, in 2024. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, this is only for a partial term and, um, uh, but it's, it's so, so important. So again, Tambourine is asking, first of all, number one, yeah, there's election cheating. It becomes much, much more difficult to cheat if we'll all get our ballots back in. Tambourine's asking you to hold your ballot till the last possible uh, day. If you can turn it in on August 2nd, don't forget to turn it in. If you can go into your state auditor uh, and our, I mean, your county auditor, I mean, and do it, turn it in there. That's best. So if we overwhelm them with that last day vote, then they don't have the time to get out and print the extra ballots that they need in order to cheat. And, uh, and once again, remember that ballot in this year, in 2022, that ballot is worth about uh, $34,750. That's about what your ballot is worth. So don't waste your $34,000. Cash your $34,750 check. Do it carefully. In the future, we're hoping that we can do it with ID at mm-hmm. the precinct level. <laughs> if I have anything to say about it, we will. Well, and, and um, you know, and I, this, is a, this is an amazing year we are seeing uh all these things being exposed uh before we run out of time tambourine um these italian machines they're completely safe right (laughs) (laughs) is that a rhetorical question are you trying to be funny again they're not hooked up to the internet or anything are they (laughs) of course they are they're internet capable so uh, many times people will be in observing or you know going through training they'll be like the, the officials say that, and then I look at my phone, and it shows the Wi-Fi that's available. So there you have that. We have to stop using these machines. There's just no other way around it. Okay. So, and there's uh, lots and lots of data. Uh, 2020, do you think 2020 was the most secure election in U.S. history? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, then you're obviously going against ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, and CNN. 
Even Fox, uh, for that matter. Come on. Well, even Tucker's even now saying, <laughs> even Tucker's saying these days, you know, um, when you make Trump voters the enemy of the state, that could be a problem. When you make Republicans the enemy of the state, that could be a problem. It's amazing. Well, this is Doug and Marty versus the world. Uh, my name's Doug Bassler. My friend Marty McClendon is my co-host. Our guest is Tambourine Borelli. You know, you can go to DougAndMarty.com and you could actually get this broadcast after it airs on Saturday and you could share it with your friends and you could say, go to Doug and Marty. You could tell Alexa, hey, Alexa, play Doug and Marty versus the world and she will comply and she will because she's very obedient and <laughs> she's always uh, listening brother <laughs> but get get your ballot fill it out pick the best people and hand walk it in on election day august 2nd it's a good thing right marty i think so i think so <laughs> and if you guys would like to support the campaign and help us get commercials out so people can know about this effort, please go to Borelli, B-O-R-R-E-L-L-I, the number 4SOS.com. See you next time. See you next time. God bless. Bye-bye.